it almost seems anticlimactic for me to ask a question that I already know the answer. For instance, so did you meet all your goals last year? Obviously, well, maybe one of you or two of you might have said yes. I doubt that if you had enough goals, every one of you would likely say no, I didn't meet it. Whether it's the uh, perennial, I want to lose five pounds or ten pounds, or it's going to be this, or be healthier, eat better, whatever the things are from the physical side of things, we've not met those goals always. Spiritually speaking, I read my Bible all throughout the year, or I've, I've done this, or I've done that, with visiting brethren, whatever those things are, seems anticlimactic because I've asked those questions for so many years, and every year I get the same exact answer. And here we are, we... We always say we want to do better and strive for more, and it's good enough just to try and make some goals each year. We should never strive for anything less, but it seems as though that passage in, in Romans 7 about the fact that, you know, here I know what to do, it's, this is the good, and I love the law, it's good, and I don't do those things which I know are good. And the things that I despise, those things that, are, that bring out my weaknesses or the sins... I hate those things, and I've been guilty of practicing those very things I hate. And so we ask the Lord to, to bless us, to deliver us, if you will. And so while we look at these things and we know them to be true, it is helpful for us when we look at goals, because these are the things that the elders in this congregation have planned out for us, what we call our five-year plan. By the way, since I just came in the middle of this five-year plan, I've never asked, what year are we in? <laughs> Go figure why I didn't ask that. <laughs> so as far as I'm concerned, we're in 1.5 years. I don't know where we're at, really. But this is part of our five-year plan that we have. And I want you to stop and think in reflection to the things that we've been doing over the last, at least since we've been here, about the last year and a half, and where we stand in accomplishing these goals. And so the first thing I want us to understand just as Ben read for us, it's one thing for us to say, here's what we want to do, and there's an arrogance about that. That's just not becoming of children of God. That's why we hear from our own tongues. You know, if the Lord wills, we'll say such and such, or do such and such. And it's that humility that we need to have. While that said, if you look at verse 15 of, of James chapter 4, he makes it very clear. He says, and said, you ought to say, and notice what we ought to say. If the Lord's will, or if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or do that, because planning itself is appropriate. If the Lord wills, we'll be able to accomplish the goals that we have set forth in honor of His name. That His name would be magnified among us or through us before our community. And those are goals that God would want us to have. And so, while we are doing these things, and hopefully with humility, I want to do that in light of, and in addition to, your personal goals. I hope every one of us has personal goals. I've messed up on mine last year. One of the things that I wanted to do was to have visited every family. Boy, did I royally mess up. But I have that as a goal. This year, I'm determined I hope I never mess up this year, but I'm determined that I'll be able to visit with every one of you. And so for, for some of you, it's been a year and a half. I'm here. I've not yet come into your home. 
I don't know, I might have to knock the door down, but I'll come and I'll see you. <laughs> Visit, hopefully encourage you, not discourage you. And so these are just personal things that I have, and I hope that you have your own personal goals, what you want to accomplish in service to the Lord. The thing is, I want us to always keep in mind, if our elders have goals for us as a congregation, that we as a congregation strive to fulfill them. The same token, I believe it's my responsibility in in preaching the gospel and in teaching my brothers and sisters in Christ that if our elders have these goals, I want to look to my elders and going, I want you guys to fulfill the goals as shepherds of our congregation here. One of which, and I'm jumping the the gun here, is by virtue of the fact, and and this is the reason why they asked me uh, a couple of two or three weeks ago to preach on our giving and being more generous in our giving, is part of our goal is to have an increase. And the number that they shot for was a 10% increase, which means that that $4,000, well, it was met today, <laughs> twice, um, that $4,000 should be $4,400 on the board if we're going to increase it by 10%, let's say. So these are things that we are needing to work through as a congregation, as a family of believers here in Franklin. So that said, I want us to begin because when you look at your five-year sheets, and I put in the bulletin this year rather than just the regular sheet of paper, is congregational growth. And we're hoping always to grow in the Lord, but again, if it is the Lord's will, if we're busy doing the Lord's will, growth will come. We ought not to be worried that the numbers will take place, because that's up to the Lord. But are we busy doing that which brings about the growth? So those are the things that I'm wanting us to look at. And so the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 7, So then neither he who plants is anything. Right, Jerry? (laughs) Our evangelist. Nor he who waters. Right, Bible class teachers? But it's God who gives the increase. And so we want to understand, you know, from a standpoint of humility and service to our God, we want to grow. But it's up to us to be the workers in the vineyard. In the kingdom of our Lord. Just as Joel led for us. God is the one that's going to give the increase. But here's the thing. And I found this to be so true. And and in the past it's always. Here's what we're supposed to do. Here's what we're supposed to do. Here's what we're supposed to do. What I've learned is. Here's what you should want to do. Do you get the difference? I heard this quote. um, By Ravi Zacharias. He's a noted apologist if you will, in the religious world professing Christianity. He says, Jesus does not change what you do. He changes what you want to do. It's a big difference. It's not about just doing, but the desire that is behind the doing. Kind of like when I ask my, my children to go clean the room. They may go ahead and clean it, but they may not want to clean it. They may listen to what dad says. But they may not have the desire to listen. I hope they have the desire. Just as using them as an example, it's very clear. I have no pleasure as a parent seeing my children do but not have the desire to do. I don't believe God's pleasure comes from us simply doing his will, but us desiring to do his will. And that's part of the growth in the Lord. And I hope hope that each one of us individually can collectively come together and and have this desire over the course of this year. 
And so one of the things that we want to do is take advantage of personal growth, things that are going on in this congregation that I'm going to name um, in just the next few minutes, and evangelistic efforts that take place. There's a lot of activity if we apply ourselves from an evangelistic standpoint. We have a lot of brethren that are evangelistic-minded, but we have a lot more that need to be. And from a standpoint of building each other up in the faith, Ephesians 4, when you read verse 11 following, that we will grow up in all things into him who gives us what we can do to glorify him. And so we want to do that and then let God give the increase. So I want us to look at some of the the opportunities we can have for growth. In other words, we might have all kinds of talents in this congregation, like Matthew 25, where Jesus talks about the one with the five talents, the two talents, the one talent, as he has given to each one according to their own ability. We have all kinds of of talents, a spectrum within this congregation. And some of them are going to be literally focused in on evangelism, and others are going to be focused in just within the congregation and building up brothers and sisters in Christ. That is the Lord's work. And so we may not be doing all things but we want to focus in on some things that we desire doing to glorify God. And when every part does its share, we grow, brethren. We fulfill the Lord's will, and he does give us the increase. And so these are some of the opportunities that we have over this five-year plan and the things that we want to accomplish this year. First of all, one of the things the elders have asked for us to do, and so Ron and I are putting together a curriculum in which we'll have starting this spring. In fact, Steve Fisher is going to be starting in January is working with individuals that want to participate in a public setting, whether it's from a standpoint of leading singing, doing the prayer or the Lord's uh, Supper invitation, whatever. Maybe it's in having Bible classes in your home. Whatever those things are, we're having something this year for young and older men alike, those who want to participate in this way from a public standpoint. Or how about some of the special classes that are going on in each other's homes? I mean, when you think about these special classes, one of the things that we're wanting to do is focus in on leadership. And one of the things in our five-year plan is for us to, quote, unquote, groom or train up young men to be future elders and deacons. Maybe we need one with the women and having young ladies growing up to be the wives of such men. Whatever those situations are, we desire this growth. We want young men to want to be elders down the road. It is a a very, hate saying it because I I don't want it to come across in a negative way, but I don't envy our elders. I think it's a very difficult thing what they do in shepherding the flock. And I think elders who have served in the past in the congregation here who are not elders now, I bet they're saying, yeah, it's no easy matter. It's a difficult thing. You talk about a heavy conscience and a heavy burden at times. Yet I want personally, and this is the desire of our elders here, for us to have such men that would take on the, that burden. The desire of the office of a bishop. To serve as a deacon, if you will. Or we have the Truth Project Bible studies that are going to be coming up um, beginning in... I believe it's in February, March. That's right, March is when the quarter begins. And so we'll have that truth project here at the building. Uh, But it's also going on in various homes right now. 
that you can take advantage of, that you can offer your, your friends and your neighbors. These are one of the ways in which we can use as tools to evangelize, including, as Jerry's going to be teaching, in, I believe, in the January 15th service, on the teaching by cards. And so the desire of the elders is that when we have this, this service that will go from our Bible class period all the way through the, the service hour, it gives us all the opportunity to hear another means by which we can go out, whether it's not the door-to-door necessarily, although you're welcome to come with us as we go door-to-door, but for you to go out, whether it's your neighbors, your family members, and have another tool at your disposal to teach the good news about Jesus Christ. So you're having all kinds of opportunities to grow in areas that maybe you've got one talent or you might have five talents. And God wants you to, to grow and use those talents to His honor and to His glory. We have women's Bible studies. I know Ellen just started some or, uh, weekly at their home. And so you'll have that opportunity as women or the men on Saturday mornings while we're in Proverbs right now, later on it'll be some other topic. Those are opportunities, brethren. When I hear, and I've heard ever since I I obeyed the gospel, and being in a congregation that was as little as 10 souls, or as much as upwards to 300, I've heard the case. I don't know what to do. And I remember being in a congregation of 250, and one of the men saying, there's nothing for me to do here. Just, there's always someone who is doing the Lord's Supper or leading singing. And I said, wait, whoa. <laughs> I'm a young babe in Christ, mind you, and I got the picture then, at least this way. I thought the Lord's work was much more than the four walls of the building. I thought we have Bob, brothers and sisters in Christ who are struggling, that you could use your time, go encourage them. Isn't that the Lord's work? Aren't there neighbors where you live who have not yet called upon the Lord according to His desire? There's a lot of work to be done. It's beyond just right here in a public way. We've got a lot of opportunities. In fact, that's one of the reasons why the elders decided to have Jerry and and Pam to work and labor among us. So that our evangelism would grow. And to use particularly Jerry and his 40 plus years of preaching the gospel and and evangelizing to thousands of people to encourage us and to, to help us grow in this aspect of our walk. And so these are things that you have. You have opportunities. The question is, do you want to take advantage of them? Not just that you do take advantage, but do you have the desire It's the Lord's will for all parts of the body to grow in all areas that we might be mature and unified in him. So the opportunities are there. Are we going to take advantage of it? But finally, a very short lesson, as you'll know. All this is going to take money. One of the things that our elders have laid out is an increase by 10 percent in our giving. And wow, to say that in our economy, that's that's pretty difficult. Some of us aren't used to giving. Others are giving, but we're content where we're at, and we don't want it to be any more than that. But the challenge is before us. God loves a cheerful giver. Are we going to make an increase in that this year? 
despite the difficulties of our economy. You know, I'll just be very blunt when I say this. And I'm including myself when I say this. We've got a lot of materialism. I'll just leave it at that. Let's give us give ourselves first unto the Lord. And as we transform our lives, maybe that will increase in our giving. Well, here's what our giving goes to. And what it can go toward that currently does not go toward right now. What it goes to right now is we have outside support for preachers. I've, I've made that known a couple of sermons ago where it's Brother Tope in, in South Africa or, or um, Brother Don in New York City. But I venture to say that if you were to get all the emails that our elders get every month, there's always a brother in Christ or much, uh, a number of brothers in Christ who are asking for support. I just spoke to another person yesterday. He wants to give his whole life evangelizing, not just simply teaching in the pulpit, but evangelizing. And every congregation he's heard from says, we can't do it. We're not in a position right now, we've just added on more support. But what if we were to increase in our giving? That would allow for more evangelists. And that is in the five-year plan. That as funds allow, we would help to support more men in teaching the gospel. So we have that. One of the things the elders asked me to do when we decided to come here was to have a preacher training program. And we've done it when I was in Georgia the last probably four years. The last four years, we were having young men to come during the summer and, and work with them because they were interested in preaching the gospel or at least being good Bible students. And so we use the summers for that. And, and that's something that we have talked about here that they're wanting to do. Well, if we're going to support a young man, that's going to take some finances, even if it's for a summer. How about increasing benevolence? As our economy is, is weak right now, Aren't we having more brethren in need? And not necessarily right here. Our minds has got to, to expand to think that the family of God is not limited to Franklin, Tennessee. Or to the church building here at 324 Franklin Road. We have brothers and sisters in Christ everywhere. And when Paul went around all through Asia, Macedonia, and, and various locations... He was collecting funds from all these saints, the Gentile brethren, to help the brethren in Judea that were in need. It's one family, the family of God, the household of faith. And so as we increase in our giving, it allows for us to increase in the benevolence that we have. My personal desire, and I speak just by my opinion, I would love is, as, as the percentage of what we give to the Lord is ever more towards from evangelism and benevolence. And less and less, even though it's going to be needed when we talk about these physical things, which are essential. I mean, we made a choice to work and worship here in this building, have Bible classes going on here. The roof over time needs to be repaired. Parking lot needs to be resurfaced, as we just did this year or previous year. All these things take finances. We all know these things. This is nothing new. But the thing is... If all we are doing is keeping up with the physical thing and, and more and more percentages on physical things and less and less on evangelism and benevolence, then I think we miss the picture of what our funds could be used for. Again, it's not wrong to have a building. 
although there are brethren that believe it is. It's not wrong for us to choose this means by which we come together. We may choose other means that may say we can have more money for this and that, but we've chosen this route. This is the reality for the congregation here. Now, what are we going to do? Now, it's encouraging when I see almost $8,000 up there versus 4000 and I'd like to think it was better than the $9 I saw two weeks ago. <laughs> it, inside joke. $9 because it's all that was put up there, not that that was what was given that Sunday. <laughs> I see too many quizzical faces I have to explain. But the thing is, how are we going to be this year? Are we wanting to grow? Or is it just talk? If we want to grow, brethren, let's, let's be doers. And let's be doers from the standpoint that we want to get out and share the good news with our, our neighbors. That we want to get out among just each other. As much as we spent last, last year together and, and brethren spending time with each other, how much more as we spend that time encouraging one another? Not only with each other, but including that fact. These are things that I believe will bless us. By God himself. I honestly believe that. If we want to glorify him. He will make all grace abound toward us. To have all sufficiency in all things that we may have in abundance for every good work. It is his will. And as he did for the brethren in Macedonia. He'll do for the brethren here. In Williamson, Murray County, Davidson County. Wherever we're from. As we come together here. What do you want to do with 2012? Our elders have the plan. We have the leadership. We have more things that we could have discussed, the, the communication, and so, there are a number of things on there. It's on that list. But these are things that we can, as a congregation, effectively do when we put our minds and our hearts, good attitudes, to the work of the Lord. So, where are you at? Where's your heart? Is it in the vineyard of the Lord? Is it to be a worker for the kingdom of God? That's what God wants for us. And I hope and pray that that's your desire.